It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, May twelfth, two 2016. We're glad that you're here. It is an interactive program in which we benefit from your comments and your questions Send them to questions at collegeview.com. Call us at 877-381-4567 or submit them in the chat room to the bottom of your video feed. Again, we're glad that you're here. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, joins me. Hello, Dad. Welcome to the program. Jacob, I'm busy trying to get my wires connected here. Good to be with you tonight. Good to be with you as well. And Mr. Monty Overton is behind the board tonight. Uh, Monty, thank you for being here. Jacob, thank you. It's good to be here. Good to have you with us. Look forward to your comments tonight and uh, look forward to good discussion on uh, the Holy Spirit and how he's involved in our lives. Yeah, we haven't talked about this in a while, uh, and I I do think it is a a question of both general interest and, I think, of some concern, because I think some people are saying some things, talking about some things that are probably going to lead us in a wrong direction if we're not very, very, very careful. So we want to talk about the Holy Spirit and his involvement in the daily life of Christians. All right. And so it is an important subject. We believe he is involved, and uh, we want to know how. What do the Scriptures teach about that? Can we get any instruction from the Scriptures as to how the Spirit is involved in our daily life? And so we want to talk about that on the program tonight. Yeah. Earlier today to our update list, we sent out some questions telling you about our topic for discussion tonight, looking for feedback from you all in regards to some questions that we want to discuss this is what we sent out. If you don't get our emails, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com and tell us to put you on the list. We'll do that. Today we sent out to our list these questions. Number one, do you believe that God provides extra biblical messages to his children? Do you know of some who are teaching this? Number two, is God's revelation to us complete and final? Number three, what are some of the dangers of believing that God, through his spirit, is leading us via extra biblical messages And number four, how does God provide guidance for our lives? Is it only through the Bible? Is there any additional way that we can get needed help in our lives? All right. So that's the way we want to go about this tonight. The way you comment, again, is toll-free, 877-381-4567, regardless of when you're listening to the program or questions at collegeu.com. And if you're listening live, the chat room is open, and sign in there and comment with other listeners on the program tonight. Um. Jacob, a couple of things to mention uh, before we get into our topic for tonight. One is we still got uh, bumper stickers. We're still getting requests for bumper stickers. We've still got a few, and we'll be glad to give them, uh, send those out to you by snail mail. If you send us your address, uh, just let us know. You know, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Give us your snail mail address. We'll get that in the mail to you right away. And, And thanks to those of you who are driving around advertising for us on the virtual Bible study. Yes. Uh, also wanted to give a way far out heads up uh, concerning our community Bible study this year here in Columbia, July 18th to the 19th. We're going to have a 
session at the Memorial Building in Columbia, two nights, Monday night and Tuesday night, the 18th and 19th of July. Steve Klein from Athens, Alabama is going to speak for us. And we're going to, we're going to center our discussion on the upcoming vote this fall. Big, big presidential election, a lot of other offices to be filled as well. And we're going to, we're going to center our discussion. We haven't actually totally refined our title yet, but it's going to be along the lines of how Christians should vote in this election year. All right. Again, not a political uh, meeting, but uh, biblical principles that would guide us in our involvement in politics. So uh, July 18th and 19th, Columbia, Tennessee, you will eventually be able to find out more information on our website. It's not there yet. We're going to be refining that right away. And uh, But we do want you to mark your calendars. And if you're so you anywhere your close, plans. it'd be worth making a trip to come to Columbia to, to attend those two nights. We always have a, a really good study, and we have huge crowds, uh, and it's at a big uh, public auditorium in downtown Columbia. And uh, it's, it's, it's really encouraging. So make plans, if you can, to be here July 18th and 19th, 2016. All right. All right, so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is or is not working in the lives, daily lives of Christians. Some are saying some things that I think are particularly concerning in regards to the idea that the Holy Spirit is giving some extra biblical kind of information or, or messages or urgings or so forth and i've got some quotes that i want to share with you uh from some people that you may or may not have heard of if you do much reading uh especially from denominational sources you've probably heard of a fellow named j.i packer he's a calvinist professor and uh, here's what he said it is not it is not a giving of new revelation, but a work within us that enables us to grasp and to love the revelation that is there before us in the biblical text, as heard and read, and as explained by teachers and writers. As by inspiration he provided scripture truth for us, so now by illumination he interprets it to us. Illumination is thus the applying of God's revealed truth to our hearts, so that we grasp as reality for ourselves what the sacred text sets forth. And so most of these people are denying that there's actually new revelation, but that the Spirit is actually working to, well, he uses the word illuminate that to us, uh, explain it, interpret it, make it real for us in in our lives. That's J.I. Packer. Uh, a, a very popular commentator and author, especially lots of young people, are reading after a guy named Francis Chan. And Francis Chan said, The Spirit not only inspired the Bible, but also illumines it for us today. And he goes on to explain an experience he had. Something happened. I am not one of those people who often hears God's distinct, clear voice, though I know of some people who do. But on this night, the Spirit of God said to me, I want you to love them as your own children. This was overwhelming to me. He said, I don't often hear God's voice. I know people who do often hear God's voice. But on this occasion, I heard God's voice saying to me, love them like they are your own children. So you get the idea. Right. Uh, An audible voice, an audible message from God. Right. Alan Killen, who's a denominational author, said, Without an illumination of the Holy Scriptures by the Spirit, no man can understand God's divine, infallible revelation. Oh, oh. 
Illumination is the means by which the scriptures are made clear to the reader. Right. Notice, he says it's impossible. If the Holy Spirit's not working on on you in this special way, you can't read and understand the Bible. No, it's not, now, it's not saying that it's, unless you have the Bible, you won't be able to understand God's uh, revelation. You could have the Bible, but, but without have... this extra working of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to understand it. Okay. Right. Now, that's very different than what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3. And if Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, Paul said, God made known to me. I wrote it in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Okay. Paul said you could read and understand. These guys are saying you can't without this illumination of the okay. Spirit. All right. Henry Thiessen, he's a Baptist college professor, said the illumination of the Holy Spirit is vouchased or given vouchsafed, I should say, vouchsafed to every believer, which will enable us to understand the revelation God has already made of himself, especially that revelation of him in the scriptures. So the Holy Spirit, again, got to illuminate us. Okay. And then one more. Roy Zuck, professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, said, no one can fully comprehend the meaning of the Bible unless he is regenerate, the Christian must also depend upon the Holy Spirit for a correct view of the Scriptures. All right, so not depend on the Holy Spirit for the Scriptures, but depend on him for a correct view. In other words, he's going to tell you how to view the Scriptures. Yeah. All right, so these are important uh, uh, quotes you have here, and some really, um, well, they're, they're very plain on how these people are viewing it. Yeah. Now, I asked the question, do you believe that God provides extra biblical messages to his children? Do you know of any who are teaching this? Uh, Jim in Kentucky wrote, I take it that when you mean extra biblical, you mean in the sense that it is outside the completed Bible. And his answer then is, no, I believe Hebrews 1.12 provides an answer to this. God hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. Jesus himself told his disciples that in spreading the gospel, they would be teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 20. Therefore, all that I need to, to be taught was already provided. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would reveal and uh, what was needed to teach and remind the apostles of what he had already taught them. John fourteen twenty six. If we believe the Holy Spirit did his job, then nothing else needs revealing. Now, he says, beyond some in the denominational world, such as those of the Pentecostal persuasion, I know of no one who teaches modern-day revelations. Well, of course, I think... Most of us would identify the Pentecostals as believing that the Holy Spirit is working miraculously among them. But all the quotes that we just referenced are not Pentecostal denominationalist. And so this is becoming an increasing trend among others, not necessarily the Pentecostals who've always believed that that there was a direct action of the Holy Spirit in their lives. This is becoming a pervasive thought even among some in mainline yeah. denominations. And I have to admit, this idea would be would be sort of a neat idea, that God would somehow do something to your heart and somehow illuminate you. I mean, that's a neat idea. I can see where a lot of people would like that idea. But it's interesting to me that all the quotes you listed are void of any reference to Scripture, even remote yeah. reference. Yeah, do you know that, that none of them offered a Scripture to, to establish that this is what was promised that would happen to us? Yeah. Now, and the, the Scriptures do, on the other hand, warn us if we're hearing voices or if we're being led by anything to test those spirits. So, First John 4, verse 1. I've got to be aware that 
if if I'm getting guidance, I want to make sure it's from God. And the only way I know it's from God is if God somehow told me that he would be giving me this guidance. That's the only way I could know. Yeah. All right. Now, here before we get to a break, I, I want to stress that here mm-hmm. is what I think is the really, really scary thing. This sort of thinking is bleeding over among churches of Christ as well. And some of our own brethren are teaching this. As you should know, I think if you listen to the program regularly, I don't do Facebook, but someone provided me a, 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 a copy of a Facebook exchange that had taken place a while ago among some who are members of the, of the Church of Christ. And this one guy said, I guess my point is God gave us his word, but his word is not everything. Oh. I have noticed this. I have heard his voice and dreamed dreams that moved me in directions he needed me to go. None of these things were outside his revealed word, but believe me, I heard them all the same. That That's not some Pentecostal, and that's not some denominationalist uh, in some far-out, you know, very left-wing denomination. This is this is a guy who's a member of Church of Christ. Yeah, I heard I heard him, he said. I had dreams. Yeah. Now, it's interesting. It seems to be a somewhat of a contradiction that uh, he says his word is not everything. But then he goes on to the end and says... None of this was outside of his revealed word. Well, why would you need this if if, if his word was? Yeah, I think I think what he probably means is that he thinks that God intended this, that this is not outside of what he promised to us, that he okay. did promise this to us. He, okay. But most of them are careful to say, I don't think I'm getting new information. I don't think I'm getting new revelation, but I am hearing his voice. Well, if you're hearing his voice, you're getting a revelation from him. I mean, that's all there is. Guest 6525 in the chat room references uh, Jude, verse 3, once for all, and once for all delivered to the saints, and that uh, that, uh, God has given us what he's expected us uh, to know, and uh, that that revelation is complete. Yeah, and we've got a video clip we're going to play before we go to this break. Uh, A preacher in a church of Christ in Ohio named Daniel DeGarmo has been pretty out front uh, on this sort of thing. He and his wife had a very sad occurrence in their personal lives. They had a young baby die, apparently die of sudden infant death syndrome, uh, just a couple months old. Uh, this was a couple, three years ago. Uh, but on in the midst of that emotional turmoil in their lives they believe that god spoke to them and we've got a part of a video that they've had out on the internet for a long time uh in which they describe that this is not the whole video and we can provide the link to you for the whole video if you need it you can find it uh, i'll tell you how to find it here in a minute but let's just play part of this video this is not we're just taking part of it but we've tried to be true to the context of what they're saying here all right we'll take the we'll watch the video then we'll go straight to the break after okay. that and come back and get your thoughts on okay. it all right i praise ahead. god for the eight weeks praise him praise him that i had eight weeks I didn't deserve it. The Spirit of God is not human. And the Spirit of God dwells in me and dwells in my wife. And because of the indwelling of the Spirit of God, I can say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I just finished kissing my son's cold head and I walked out of the room where his body lay. I just had to cry out to God. My son died. I could feel my heart racing, and I couldn't get it under control, and I'm just screaming, my son died, my son died, my son died, and I just feel like I'm going to lose it. And all of a sudden, I felt the comfort. And we were smiling, because I kept hearing in response from heaven, 
mine did too. I'll never forget that moment. And I'll never let someone look me in the eye and tell me that God doesn't speak to us. I praise God for the eight weeks. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Stephen Nicholson, a member of the College View Church of Christ, and I want to invite you to be a regular participant on the virtual Bible study. Your input by way of emails and phone calls are always welcome during the live program. We're also open to your suggestions about possible topics for discussion on upcoming editions of the program. We'd love to hear from you anytime. Here's some quotes worth pondering. If a child isn't taught to obey a parent who is visible, he'll never learn to obey a God who isn't. Parenting requires involvement. It means fighting the battle for the hearts and minds and futures of our children. If you want a spiritually healthy family, you must make sure that every member has a steady diet of the Word of God. Man, wish I'd said that. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program. I uh, want to hear from you, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com or in the chat room tonight. As we talk about the Spirit, how is he leading us today? We've heard some quotes, and we saw the video there explicitly stating that God is speaking to us. And and, and this uh, Daniel DeGarmo said, I'm not going to let anybody tell me that God didn't speak to us. I heard him. I heard yeah. his voice. Yeah. Uh, now, we understand that was an incredibly emotional time in his personal life. Right. But that doesn't justify teaching something that the Bible right. denies to be true. Right. I mean, we've got to be very careful with feelings and emotions. They can be overwhelming. They can cause us to believe things that aren't true. I think the classic Bible example of someone whose emotions led them to believe something that wasn't true is Jacob in the case of the death of his favorite son, Joseph. Right. Uh, he believed with all his heart that Joseph had really died. His emotions told him that's, yep. that was the case when that wasn't the truth at all and he'd been deceived. Feelings can be easily misled. We've got to base our, our beliefs not on what we feel, but what the Bible says for certain. Yeah. And so there's a lot of I think I'm I think there's real reason to be concerned. As we said earlier, Pentecostals have always believed the Holy Spirit was working miraculously in their in their lives. A lot of denominationalists are going that route. And now some in the churches of Christ are beginning to teach that same position. And I think we've got to be concerned. You know, one of the things that I think is a big problem with that, Jacob, is that. All the people making those claims, they don't all believe the same stuff. You know, this this uh, Daniel DeGarmo is saying the same thing, for instance, that Francis Chan says or J.I. Packer. Now, he yeah. doesn't believe what they believe on, on a number of other doctrinal issues. They But they say the Spirit is talking to them, and he says the Spirit's talking to him. How do we, how do we reconcile that? Right. And uh, certainly it is a danger. You know, it is interesting. All of the uh, quotes we've heard so far are anecdotal. Just it happened to me, so I know it's it must be right. No no scriptures to back them up. As you said, our feelings can be misleading, um, and certainly in difficult times, people have thought things that weren't true uh, during emotional instances. Uh, there are you know, there are a variety of explanations. But it's very dangerous for us to just go on these anecdotal notes. It happened, and so I know it does, without being able to go to the scriptures 
Yeah. For that, for but, that but people do that. Historically, people have always, it, it's got to be true because I felt it, you know. Well, that's not the proof of whether it's true or not. Yeah. You can you can feel things that are not literal or, or true or real. And uh, we just got to be really careful about that. But in every one of the, both the quotes we read from those denominational sources and in that video we watched from Daniel DeGarmo, it was all based upon what I feel, what right. I what I experienced. Right. And that's just that's just a wrong approach. Right. All right. Uh, by the way, I put a link in the chat room to that full video. We we didn't want to take the time to play the full video. It's about eight minutes long. Uh, Copy I, that to and, yeah. and and then play it after the yeah. program. Yeah, but, but but we want to put the whole uh, the link to the full video there so you can see it. We didn't just we didn't take that out of context. All right. All right. So uh, people are teaching this, and that's what we wanted to get across with our first question. Uh, people are teaching that God provides an extra biblical sort of of guidance or leading through his Holy Spirit. A lot of people calling it illumination, uh, divine help in understanding, uh, comfort in times of emotional crisis, all that sort of thing. That's what we're talking about. All right. All right. You also ask a question. Is God's revelation complete and final? And we have an answer, as we've already mentioned, from guest 6525 tonight, along those lines, referencing Jude, verse 3, that uh, that the faith was once delivered unto the saints. So that seems to answer your question pretty much uh, definitively there, that uh, God's revelation is complete and final. Yeah, Jim in Kentucky says uh, the answer is yes. John fifteen thirty three. Jesus promised to his apostles, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. God, or Jesus rather promised that all truth would be revealed. Therefore, there's no need for further revelation. Jews said the faith had been once delivered to the saints, Jude 3. Being that it has already been delivered, it does not need to be delivered or revealed over and over again. And I think that's exactly right. We've got Jude 3, another familiar verse that teaches the same principle as 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, And so uh, I, I think we have to really... Set a stake right there. That that is an unmovable point. That that's a point we've got to hold to. Uh, it it is either true or it's not true. Uh, if it's not true, then we better get busy looking for every other thing out there that God has ever revealed. You know, uh, if if the Bible's not complete, and if I can't have confidence in being God's full revelation, I might be in big trouble because He might have told some guy something over in China. That is critical to my salvation. I hadn't found out about it yet. And I might be in big trouble because I might be supposed to be doing something that I'm not doing or stop doing something I am doing. And that guy over in China got the revelation, but he didn't get it to me. And now I'm in, I'm in a world of hurt. You know, Monty, I, I think uh, that those who teach this have to realize that it does indict God's revelation as being insign- in, uh, incomplete not insufficient to teach us what we need to know. There has to be this other revelation uh, to teach us what we need in order to get us to what we need to be. That does indict God and say, well, you didn't get the job done with your word. If you stop and think about it, if we're getting new revelation now that's important for us to be able to live our lives faithfully to God, 
For the last 2,000 years, there's people that didn't have that revelation. Are they all lost because they didn't have what they needed to be satisfactory living to God? So, it, But the Bible tells us that we've got everything that we needed, and we've had that for 2,000 years. So to stretch it out that long, I understand that during the process in the first century, as the word was being revealed, that there was some, I don't know exactly how God held people accountable until the revelation was complete, but... The Bible tells us it is complete, and we've had it for nearly 2,000 years. Otherwise, there's people over this time that's been lost and what anything they could do about it because they didn't have everything they needed. Seems so. All right. All right, somebody in the chat room saying they're not hearing anything, but I I don't see anybody else having that problem. So if you're having a problem with audio, I just put in there and maybe try refreshing your page uh, and see if that'll, that'll help. I don't think anybody else is having a problem with our audio. If you are, let us know. We think we're getting out there. Uh what are some of the dangers, Jacob? What are some of the dangers? This is a question that we ask. What are the dangers of believing that God, through his spirit, is leading us in some extra-biblical sort of way? Yeah. Uh, well, you referenced in your notes, and I think is a very good one, uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? I can't trust my heart. I can't trust my emotions. I can't trust what I think or even my experiences. I've got to trust in the Word of God, and that's that. I think is the big danger. Yeah, as we as we mentioned before, we referenced uh, how Jacob was deceived. Uh, couldn't have been more sincere, but was absolutely totally wrong. His feelings were telling him one thing; the truth was something different. Uh, and that's just sort of the classic example of how feelings and emotions can mislead us. There's an there's another danger, I think, and we've heard it from folks when we talk about the miraculous workings of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've talked with folks who said, you know, I was told all along that God could work a miracle, and my loved ones died, and God didn't work a miracle. And it shook my faith, because I'd been promised that God's going to work miracles, and God didn't work a miracle, so is there really a God? I think the same danger is there for those who are teaching this, that the Holy Spirit's talking to us and leading to us. Well, the Holy Spirit hasn't talked to me. Yeah, why isn't he talking to me? He's talking to you. He's not talking to me. How come? Am I not? Is it because I, there's something wrong in my life? Or is it because there, God doesn't even really exist? Uh, I think there's a danger there. Yeah, and Peter Peter said to uh, Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, uh, when, when you remember he went to the household of the first Gentile converts, and Peter opened his mouth, Acts 10, 34, and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. I tell you, that's not true. If God is revealing himself in special ways to certain people, if people are actually hearing his voice in their ear and and the rest of us aren't, then that's a that that's going to be a respect of persons. I think that we can't get around. All right, let us know your thoughts again. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. We want to hear from you tonight. You know. There were some in those quotes who actually said that you've got to have that illumination. Impossible to understand without it. Impossible. Now, that's different than what Paul said, how God was going to save people. You remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he said, God is chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save men. Now, that's God's plan, the word. The preaching of the word is what's going to save men. But these individuals are saying no. It's got to be the foolishness of preaching plus some type of other activity from the Holy Spirit. Again, it contradicts with what the Scriptures have said. Yeah. 
Truth is determined by the, the revealed word of God. Uh, John 8, verse 32, Jesus said, you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. Truth is established there, not by feelings, not by experiences that we've had. We've got to be careful about being deceived by our feelings. We've got to be careful about what Second or excuse me, Second Thessalonians 2, verse 9, refers to as lying wonders. Uh, uh, you know, we could, be, we could be easily taken away and, and carried away by what the Bible warns as lying wonders. You know, I think we could never, we lose the, the ability to be absolutely positive or certain about anything. If it's all up to subjective feelings, how can we be definite or positive about anything? But I tell you what I think is one of the big uh, dangers that we face if God is working, if, if certain individuals take this position that God is working for them in those ways. I, I sense a sort of arrogance. Uh, um, I'm not going to let you tell me that it didn't have. Did you notice that in that video? I'm not going to let anybody look me in the eye and tell me that God didn't speak to me. Well, the Bible says he didn't, but I'm not going to let you tell me that because I know what I felt. And so I've got I've got this resistance to anybody trying to tell me something different because I have more confidence in what I think I experienced than what somebody else might show me. From You've just got a book, Jacob. You just got a book, just words on a page. I had God talking to me, man. Therefore, I've got something better than you got. And you can't tell me anything because I have this direct connection with God. Now, I may be over, some may think I'm overstating my case, but I, th- I think we're, see- we're seeing that sort of arrogance and resistance toward instruction that comes from that position. All right. Well, let us know your thoughts. I guess 6525 in the chat room says we all have five senses. They are of the flesh, which is where the devil works. The devil appears as an angel of light. And uh, 6525 goes on, we are, as Christians, under God's providence. Certainly we are. We're not uh, discussing God's providence at this point in the discussion. But I like the uh, the comment there that uh, we've got to be careful. The devil will appear as an angel of light. So how do we know that it was God and it wasn't the devil? Yeah. I think and, and and now now somebody well wait 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 but see these things were in accordance with God's word like you know God said you know I heard God say my son died too well the devil speaks truth he mixes yeah. error in with it so yeah. don't just because what he says at this instant might harmonize with what the scriptures teach doesn't mean that he won't use that in the future to spread his lies money yeah. you know I was talking with a fellow one time and. I don't remember the subject we was talking about, but I got my Bible out. I was at work, and I got my Bible out, and I showed him, here's what the Bible says on that subject. And he looked at me straight in the eyes, and he says, well, the Spirit leads you one way, and he leads me another. So in other words, what he was saying is, I'm getting led by the Spirit, and it really doesn't matter what the Bible exactly. says. So when yeah. the Spirit speaks to you personally, I mean, if the Spirit's talking to you, I, can't, I don't have nothing I can compete with. And you can disregard the Bible if he's yeah. talking to you directly, is what that guy was saying. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big danger. Huge. Anybody who doesn't see that, I think, is not not being perceptive. All right. All right. Let's grab our break, Jacob, and then we want to we want to spend the rest of our time talking about the fact that God does give us guidance and direction. God is alive and active in the world and in our lives, and and there are some ways that the Bible says He is helping us. It's not through audibly speaking in my ear. 
But there are some ways the Bible says that he is helping us, and we can we can take great comfort in those things. We'll spend some time talking about that when we get back. Let us know your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. Do you have a complaint? Is there something about the local congregation that needs to be changed or improved? Is there a specific matter that's being neglected? Do you know about a particular item that needs special attention? Good. We need every Christian to be perceptive to the needs of the church. We want you to be sensitive and alert to the things that cry out for improvement. We're glad that you care enough to be looking carefully at the work we're doing together. But now we need to warn you, be ready to get to work. If you're inclined to point out the problems, and that's good, then you must also be ready to get involved in whatever it takes to solve them. Once you've voiced your sincere concerns, be prepared to roll up your sleeves and tackle the work that will be required. We have little patience with a brother or sister who only wants to complain, grumble, and gripe. Sadly, in too many congregations, these folks outnumber the real workers. In Acts 6, we read of a problem in the Jerusalem church. It did not take long for some brethren to point it out. Quote, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Observe carefully how the apostles dealt with the situation. Quote, then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, Brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, whom we may appoint over this business. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose seven men whom they set before the apostles. At least two things deserve notice here. First, the apostles turned the problem right back to the complainers and got them involved in working out a solution. We ought to imitate this method. Anyone who feels the need to complain should know in advance that they're going to be put to work in resolving the problem. If you're not willing to do that, then please just keep it to yourself. Secondly, the Christians in Jerusalem are to be commended for the fact that they accepted the role assigned to them. They followed the instructions of the apostles. They got busy. They solved the problem, and the complaining quit. Let's all learn from this fine example of the Jerusalem church. Let's be ready to get to work. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm Arthur Haynes from Kaleoka, Tennessee, and one of my greatest highlights of the week is to listen to the Virtual Bible Study. Use your Internet connection for something good. Listen to the Virtual Bible Study every week. Now, back to the program. Back on the program. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. TheVirtualBibleStudy.com is the website to use to find out more about us or come and worship with us Sunday mornings 930, Sunday evenings at 6, and Wednesday evenings at 7. We look forward to meeting with you if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area. Come and find out more about us. We're talking about the Holy Spirit and how he works in our lives tonight. Um, uh, in, G- in Jim's email, we were just talking about some of the dangers of taking this position. Um, and in Jim's email uh, from Kentucky, he said that some of the dangers he sees in this sort of approach. Number one, it denies that all truth has been revealed. Number two, it can cause the Bible to be seen as incomplete. Number three, it allows each generation to question the value of the scriptures, for if they are not complete, then possibly what they contain is not all that needs to be revealed, and thus as being incomplete, uh, as being incomplete, our understanding of them may not be correct. Number four, it allows for the direct imparting of information by the Holy Spirit and to those who thus claim they are being led by the Spirit. Number five, it allows for new revelations, which can contradict the scriptures. Number six, it can provide for a hierarchy of those who claim to be closer to God because he has chosen them to receive his direct revelation. A clergy system can be developed, elevating some to a higher degree of holiness because of these revelations. Wow. I think Jim got got excellent comments. Yeah, good comments, Jim. And I think all of that is, is appropriate warning as to where this can lead. Now, the people who are the, the, the people who are 
making these kind of claims and statements, they don't want to go that far with that. But the fact of the matter is, once you you breach that line, once you open that door, then there's no stopping place. I like what Jim said, though. And it but Go back to the quote from Alan Killen. Without an illumination of the Holy Scriptures by the Spirit, no man can understand God's divine, infallible revelation. When I start to take this view, everything I read in the Scriptures is is suspect. I can't be confident. You know, you, you, it, uh, I but, can't trust anything that I read because I've got to have the Holy Spirit to tell but, me. But you know what? I was reading that in Matthew 19.9 about divorce and remarriage, and I was having a little trouble understanding it, but the Spirit said, don't worry about it. Your marriage is okay. Oh, well, then, you know, that was that was the illumination I was looking for, that, yeah. that I can stay in my adulterous marriage and not have to worry about it. The Spirit told me it was okay. The Spirit said that the, the right interpretation of that verse would be such that it allows me to stay in this unscriptural marriage yeah. I'm in. That's what I was looking for. But I get, I'm, I'm going with that. But that's true. It makes it convenient. Yeah. But it, it does leave me in this sort of abyss or this limbo well, I read it, but I'm not sure I can understand it. I'm going to have to wait till the Holy Spirit somehow moves me. But, uh, but I th- it, it I, my guess is that the Spirit would most often move in a direction that you want it to go. <laughs> it you know, it, it, because it, it's not really the Spirit. It's your own will right. uh, uh, putting a, a slant on the Scriptures to interpret it the way you want it to be interpreted. Yeah, it's very dangerous. Very dangerous. All right. So, big dangers there. But having said all of that, we want to emphasize that we think that the scriptures do teach us that God is a help to us in our daily lives and that he does give us guidance and direction, uh, but not in in special miraculous ways, voices in our ears and so forth. Uh, I would start that, Jacob, by saying that the overwhelming majority of guidance that God gives for our lives is right there in the revealed word of God. Okay. I mean, uh, we're told that uh, it provides all things that provide unto life and godliness, Second Peter 1, verse 3. Yes. Uh, everything we need is there. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm faced with a big challenge, you know. I've, I've got this neighbor, and he's not a Christian, you know. And I, I, know, I know him well. I know him well enough to know that uh, he's a lost person. You think I should try to speak to him about the gospel? You, you know, you think, does God really, would God have me try to share the gospel message with I don't him? know, I need a dream. Uh, no, what I need is to read my scriptures, uh, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. The answer is yes. I don't have to wait for some special guidance, uh, some whisper in my ear from the Holy Spirit to know that, yeah, God wants me to talk to everybody I can, including that neighbor and everybody else I have a chance to influence. We just passed April 15th, and I, I had to fill out my taxes, you know, and I'm filling out my taxes. And there's this there's this bit of income that I made, uh, but it's, it's not traceable, you know. I mean, it was a cash deal. Uh, I did a job for somebody, and they just paid me cash. It's, uh, it's It never got reported by them. And I don't have to report it either because the fact of the matter is nobody will ever know. Right. And I could get by with that without paying the taxes on that money that I made on that job. I wonder what I should do. Well, I don't have to wait for guidance about that. The answer to that question is already given. Uh, Ephesians 4:25. Put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more. You know, uh, 
inherent honesty is a requirement for all Christians, and I just need to apply that. I don't need to wait for somebody to nudge me or whisper in my ear to get that point across. I'm saying the overwhelming majority of the of the guidance and instruction we need in our daily lives, uh, you know, questions about what should I do now, those are all already answered in the Word of God. I just need to read it, study it, and apply it. 877-381-4567-6525 says, Scripture warns us not to add to, take away, or think beyond the written Word. I think that's right. Thank you. Uh, and that's what we're saying. The emphasis is on the word. Um, now, some people, some people will criticize us for saying, uh, "Oh, yeah, you just think it's the word. It's just the word." You know, some people would criticize well, us into saying that we equate the spirit and the word. Well, the 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 the, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. You know, that that's his tool. That's the tool he uses. Yeah, uh, we're not saying the word is the spirit, but we're saying the spirit revealed the word, and the spirit uses that word uh, to guide us and lead us, to, to direct us, to to tell us what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, and and any and and I think it's a big mistake to downplay that. Just the word, as if I mean that's that's sort of ah, oh, that's just the word. That's sort of the meaning of of God's work there. Yeah, but that's the way they treat it. You know that yeah. that you don't have it if that's all you got. You don't have enough. Hebrews 4, verse 12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the, of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Uh, so uh, we believe the word of God is alive and active, that it's applicable. Uh, it, it, it's amazingly pertinent to our lives, even though it's uh, an ancient document. Uh, but that's how God is instructing us, and there's not any other instruction coming. Now, I would go on to say I don't think that's everything. I think that's the huge majority thing, but I don't think that's everything because the scriptures tell us that we can pray for wisdom, for instance. The familiar passages in James chapter 1, beginning verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Notice, if you lack wisdom, ask, it will be given. That's yeah. what that's what the text says. Yeah. Now, I think we've got to define wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge. Right. The, the scripture contains all the knowledge that's necessary to live our lives. I, I think a good working definition of wisdom, wisdom is the ability to apply what you know, to put into practice what you un- already know understand right uh and so uh, if if i'm having trouble in my life living it out actually putting into practice the things i know that it teaches this this is a great promise to us that god will provide wisdom uh, so that we can do it uh it's not extra biblical it's not a whisper in the ear right it's not a whisper it's wisdom yeah and and but but it's promised there uh now i i think the big follow-up question is, how, how does that happen? Right. How does he give us wisdom? You know, he, it says definitely, it shall be given. If you lack wisdom, pray, ask God, and it will be given. Well, I, th- I think a big question that comes up is, how is it given? 
and, and I think we could probably, again, get some pointers from the scriptures. One of the things uh, that I think is a way that we obtain wisdom is by virtue of the things we experience, both good and bad. Uh, in the very context where we're just reading there from James chapter 1, we were reading beginning at verse 5, but the verses right before that, beginning verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And then it goes on to say, if you lack wisdom, ask God, and it'll be given. What's one of the ways that that wisdom will be given to me? Well, through the things that I'm experiencing, you know. Uh, uh, if I can joyfully endure even the hardships of the Christian life, then I grow by that. I, I become wiser based upon the things that I've experienced as, I, as I'm putting into practice the things that God told me to do in my life. All right. Uh, so experiences can help us with that wisdom as we, as you say, live as we should in the difficult times, and that uh, will help us. Um, could God also, through providence, cause those experiences to come about? Yeah, I think I think that uh, the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 actually describes that sort of a thing. Now, Paul, we know, of course, he was a man who did have the direct, miraculous intervention of the Holy Spirit. But he said that he learned things by the things that he experienced. Uh, Philippians 4, beginning verse 10, I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. Well, how did he do that? I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So he's an inspired man. We're not. But here he's explaining that what we can all enjoy. He basically says, I became a better person because of the things that I experienced. And I've learned contentment in the process. Now, you're obviously coupling that with what the Spirit has revealed in his word. Just experiences themselves are no good. You've got to you've got to endure them and deal with them and make application of what the scriptures have taught us through the spirit uh, in those in those circumstances. You know, a lot of times we've said if when we go through especially hard experiences in our lives, one of two things can happen. It can crash our faith or it can make us stronger. And what we've got to do is let it make us stronger. But that's that's a working in our lives that that is rooted in the word and we're putting into practice the things that we've learned in the word and we're gaining wisdom and experienced in the process uh but it's still rooted in the word it's not god whispering something in my ear now there's that's something that's solid that you can uh that you can have confidence in rather than you get into a trying circumstance and you're waiting for god to reveal something to you uh, and the, I've been waiting for days for God to say something, and he hasn't said anything. Yeah. No, that's not. He, he, you're waiting for something that he's not going to do. Yeah, all right. All right, let's, let's get our last break, Jacob. We're going to have to rush to the top of the hour. But re- remember, God's given us his revelation, but he's also said we can ask for wisdom, and he'll give us wisdom. How's he going to give wisdom? Well, we've talked about through experiences that we endure, both good and bad experiences. But there's some other things, I think, that also... Maybe ways that God provides the wisdom to live 
the way we should live. And I, let's talk about a couple more things when we come back from this break. Yes, 679 has the audio working now and says in the chat room, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, referencing Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. All right, good. And certainly God does lead us, guide us, teach us, and it's through his word. Appreciate those thoughts tonight. We'll get your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study goes to the top of the hour right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks us. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 24 million children in America, one out of every three, live in biologically father-absent homes. Nine in ten American parents agree this is a crisis. Children with involved fathers do better across every measure of child well-being than their peers in father-absent homes. That information is via the National Fatherhood Initiative. The Word of God says in Ephesians 6, verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. Back on the program as we talk about how God is guiding us today. Is it only through the Bible? Are there other ways that we can get the needed help we need in our life? Look forward to your comments in the chat room or on the phone tonight. Um, I think another way that, that God can help us grow wiser in his service is through the help and counsel and influence of other faithful Christians. Uh, we're told to do that sort of thing. Hebrews 3.13, exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Galatians 6 verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, uh, and... and so we can draw strength from the influence of other Christians. That's that's a working of God too. It's not it's not a miraculous working of God. It's not a direct involvement of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but it is part of God's plan. And again, Paul, we see the example of Paul getting that kind of strength in Second Corinthians seven, beginning verse five. When we were come to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comforted us, how? By the coming of Titus, and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you, when he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. Uh, Even a man as strong as Paul got strength from other Christians. Yeah. So that's, that's a real way that God helps us. Now, you're saying God could have some providential input into that, you think? Yeah, I think there's such a thing as uh, providence at at work. Um, You know, 
But by the very nature of providence, we can't put our finger on it and prove it or identify it to someone who doubts or would be skeptical of that. Uh, The classic statement of providence is that that Joseph made to his brothers when they came to Egypt. And, you know, here the, the brother that they had sold as a slave, they probably assumed by now he was long since dead. He turns out to be the high ruler in in Egypt, and they they were afraid that he would take vengeance on them. But in Genesis 45, beginning verse 7, Joseph said, God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt." Now, now we can see that what Joseph was saying is absolutely true. We can see that because we have divine revelation to prove that that's what was happening there. Right. This is a clear and, and an established case of God's providence. In our own lives, we can believe that, and I think all of us do, that God has providentially worked in our lives to, to bring good things to pass uh, uh, and so forth. But we can't speak by revelation to those things that, right. that, that, to prove it. You know, I know that that was God doing that. He told me so. No, we can't do that. But we believe we believe in providence. We believe that God works providentially in the lives of his people to bring about his will in in their lives. But again, that's not what these things not not what these people were saying that we quoted at the beginning of the program. They're saying God gives them a special intervention to understand his word. That God gives them a special intervention, actually speaking audible words in their ear. We're, we're saying that's just not true. We're saying certainly God is alive and active. God loves and cares for his people. God provides for his people. In fact, that's what providence is, provide, the providing of God. We believe all that, but it's not this miraculous sort of thing that some are suggesting. You remain to take your comments in the chat room if you want to get them in now. Uh, certainly a difference uh, from this whispering or this leading or the illumination that we've talked about in how we see the scriptures noting how God works. Again, we're looking for things that are not subjective, but things that the scriptures teach that we can know for sure are ways that God is working. I think that's a good point. We're, we're saying that these things are are real, not subjective, not feelings, not emotions, but but real things. Right. Okay. I think that's a good point. Um, a couple of things to be careful with in regards to this idea that God is working in our lives and so forth. One is uh, that I think we have to be careful to assume that God, that we would be able to to discern God's preference for every single thing that happens in our lives. Now, I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with someone who says God. In other words, I, I've, I've got, uh, I've got a, a, a job offer. In one place, and I got another job offer in a different place. Which one should I take? Do you think that God has a preference? You no, know, one, one job would take me to Alabama, the other one would take me to North Dakota. Do you think that God has a preference in that? Well, I think God, in in His infinite wisdom, probably, well, not probably, but I think He certainly could say, uh, "You'd be better off in Alabama than North Dakota," because God could see the end from the beginning, and I can't do that necessarily. Yeah, that's that's a long shot, but uh, that you'd be better off in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but 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 the, the the thing of it is, God is good with me making whatever decision I'm going to make on that, yeah. as long as I'm making that decision in such a way that I I can be faithful to Him wherever I am. Now, 
there are not a lot of churches in North Dakota, and there are a lot more in Alabama. And I need to take that into consideration when I'm making my choice. But if I can move to either one of those places and be in a place where I can serve God faithfully, then God's willing to let, give me that free choice. He, he, might, he, he could tell which would have been a better choice uh, because he's infinitely wise, and I'm not. But he, he's gonna, he, he's, he's pleased by my decision so long as I keep putting him first in my life. Money. You know, I think when we was talking about wisdom and, and using that example, years ago when my kids were smaller, I seriously considered moving out to Wyoming. But like you said, there's not many sound churches out there. And so by the wisdom of being able to, that I believe God has to give us, or however I was able to come by this wisdom, I was able to do to deduce that it wouldn't be in the best interest of my family to move out there. As much as I wanted to live in the Rocky Mountains, it wasn't going to be in my children's best interest. So by wisdom and able to discuss that type of thing with other people that do have spiritual backgrounds, I was able to come to that decision that I didn't need to go looking for a job. And Exactly. Do you think that this does uh, sort of reveal a lack of faith, though, by some who think that they've got to have some type of leading from God? rather than having confidence that he's told me what parameters I need to be living by and then just doing that. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to judge hearts, our trip, but yeah. yeah, but, but I do think that some people just don't have enough confidence in, in the, the working ability of the word of God. If we know it and if we live it, it's, it's, it's made to work. God provided it for our well being, and it's, it's there for our good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Certainly, I don't think we should be looking for subjective confirmation of God's will in our lives. Because, as we said, we already know what God's will is. And we just got to put it into practice. Uh, we shouldn't overlook what's logical and rational. Uh, I think we also shouldn't be unrealistic and think that everything's going to turn up roses for us. You know, uh, uh, oh, man, you know, I made this decision and now a lot of bad things have happened to me. Uh maybe God didn't want me to make that decision. Maybe I should have made the other decision. It, because if I make the right decisions, everything's going to be perfect in my life. That's not true. It didn't work that way for Job. It, it didn't work that way for didn't work that way for Jesus either, who did it perfectly. Uh and evil men hung him on the cross of Calvary. So, you know, you can be making right decisions and 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 yet there may still be bad things that come into your life and that and that's one of the dangers of of making your decisions based upon feelings you know uh, uh there's some really wealthy people in the world who if if you're going to make your determination on whether or not god loves you and is happy with you based upon how he, how you're prospering in this material world you know Bill Gates and Warren Buffett must be really good people because, man, you know, look at, at their wealth. Look at their material prosperity. If you're going to make your decisions that way, uh, then there's no there's, there's no hope. In fact, God has not promised us that things are going to be perfect. In fact, he's promised us that we are going to have difficulty and challenges. And so yeah. we don't need to hinge our faith again on that fact that, if well, if I just listen for this, whisper or nudge from god then everything's going to be fine that's not the case in fact it's contrary to what the scriptures have revealed i uh, guess 690 or 79 or sorry guess guess 65 25 references romans 8 verse 28 all things work for good to them that love the lord and we can have confidence in that 
But you know that. But that's really speaking from a spiritual perspective, not from a, a literal physical perspective. I fell out of a tree and I broke my leg. All things work together for good to those. Le- well, was it a good thing I broke my leg? No, it's not talking about that. It's talking about all things work together spiritually for, for our, our good, ultimate salvation. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, guess six. 79 says this is interesting was in san francisco about a month ago and couldn't find a single church to go to that sunday and so it'd be a pretty hard place to move your family to if you wanted to be putting god first in your life and you wouldn't need god to whisper in your ear saying probably don't move to san francisco for your family in san francisco yeah Yeah, we wouldn't you already got that information just got to put it into practice i think we got to be real careful in summary jacob we got to be real careful about assigning things to God and His Spirit, uh, when when we don't have the, the the ability to establish that that's what's happening, I I remember a while back a, a woman came to me and a, a circumstances had occurred. It may very well have been God's providence at work, but she was just absolutely certain that God had caused this to happen. She I just love it when the Holy Spirit does that. Well, how do you know? And, and and by the way, I don't understand why this sort of thing is being ascribed to the Holy Spirit particularly either. But we we just can't we just can't speak with that kind of confidence. We can have faith in that. Uh, we we believe in God's providence, but what we do and how we live cannot be determined by subjectively feeling that God has done this or that in directing us one way or another. All right, we haven't talked about. I think we have got another danger to talk about here, and that is when we leave the Word. And we start going on these subjective leadings of the Holy Spirit. It's very difficult for anyone to to change our mind on that. Yeah, we said earlier, you know, there's this sort of arrogance. God spoke to me. It's it's right, and you can't. All, you can quote verses to me all you want, but just like that, Daniel DeGarmo said in that video, nobody is going to say to me that God didn't speak to me because I know He did. Yeah, and and these people are saying God spoke to me and said things that are contrary to His word, and I'm, that's what I'm going by. And it's hard to turn them around from that when yeah. I think that God has spoken to them personally. Uh, uh, real quickly, got to get Jim's email. God says his word is all I need. Uh, then I need to take him at his word. He says the only additional way that I can indeed get help is from other Christians. I can be encouraged by the faithful in examining their lives. I can be counseled by them as they seek to help me understand and obey God's word. I can watch their example in how they deal with the problems of life as they follow God's word. So I think uh, Jim's on the same wavelength as we are there, too. All right. We are out of time. We're over time. Monty, any final thoughts? I just, like we've been saying, we don't need to be ascribing things to the Spirit that the, that's not revealed to us in His Word. And the Spirit did reveal the Word to these inspired men. They wrote it down for us, and that was complete, and that's all we need. So we don't need anything else. We've got our basket loaded if we'll just... We could study and understand that. All right. Monty, thanks for being here tonight. Thank, thank you, you, Jacob. And, Dad, thank you for your time. Thanks, Jacob. Well, what are we going to talk about next week? I don't know. Let's, we'll figure, uh, we need some input from our listeners. If you got something you want to hear us talk about, you want to join us in talking about something, let us know. Or maybe you have uh, know someone who would be willing to. Maybe your preacher would. Maybe you believe something different than what we've taught about on the, script, on the virtual Bible study. Maybe you have a preacher or someone else who would be willing to come on and talk to us about that. We'd welcome an open, honest discussion of God's Word, a friendly discussion of God's Word. We don't get ugly on this program. So if you'd like to join us or know somebody who would, we welcome that. Questions at collegeview.com. All right. All right. We look forward to you joining us this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.
Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.